Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate everybody listening in, um, giving me feedback, DMing me on Twitter, you know, hitting me up in Discord, whatever it's been. I can't tell you. Um, it's been a short journey. You know, this is going to be the fourth podcast I've done, and I got to tell you, it's been everything I've wanted and more to get to sit down and just talk to artists about what they're doing, you know, the thought process they have, where they've come from, where they're going their experience in web three, you know, it's, it's just been like the, the good, the bad, uh, and the ugly and, and, and the great, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's really just been a dream. So thanks for being along for the ride. And I can't tell you how excited I am for you to listen to this podcast this week. I interviewed artist, Brian Morris. He spent about 25 years in classic advertising. Uh, he was an illustrator. He was a chief creative officer. The guy's resume is a mile long to be able to sit down and talk to him about his transition into going from advertising and a full-time career to being a full-time artist was just so inspiring. And I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm sitting here today with Brian Morris. Brian's in Web3. Started out, I'd say, as a traditional uh, in in advertising. Uh, would yeah. you say, Brian? Welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, that's right. Man. Like I spent, uh, I kind of parked my my art dreams in high school and, and took up uh, graphic design and programming and that led to, you know, 25 years of uh, working in advertising and marketing. It's a pretty wild ride. Yeah. So when you say, you know, you parked that dream, what were you doing in high school creatively? Uh, what were you like? I was still interests? a kid, right? I was still drawing cars and girls and skulls and band logos and T-shirts and, you know, uh, you know, heavily influenced by skateboards and you know, teen culture. It was, yeah, kind of put that all, all to the side so I could make websites. <laughs> yeah, right on. I, I think, yeah, I, I know like as a kid, and we were kind of talking about this before we got on here, just like the visuals of things, you know, like mm. music, skating, those things were just super important to me from, I mean, as far back as I could remember, you know, looking at album covers, I mean, skateboard decks, designs. Oh, uh, it yeah. Just, uh, it, it just... I think back to all the, you know, like mm -hmm. for some reason that Mark Gonzalez deck from Vision comes up, the Psycho Stick comes up. I mean, Tony Hawk, I you just go on and on, right? The Caballero design was insane. Alva oh, was yeah. unbelievable. Well, they all had their, each brand had their own attitude and most of them yeah. had, you know, a signature artist or two in their staples. So like you would, uh, even if you didn't know the brand, you recognize the art style and the attitude. Um, yeah. It was incredible. What time. was the guy from Santa Cruz? Um, did like oh, the Rob Phillips. Roscoe. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Phillips. Uh, yep. I have this book sitting right here. Huge. His ripper design that he did for Keith Meek of mm. uh, that little ripper guy riding the, the blade. I mean, what a pivotal character. That was my Mickey Mouse. You know? Yeah. Like that, that was the coolest yeah. thing on wheels for sure. So good, man. All that stuff. It just, you know. 
sometimes I look back and I was like, did I like skating or did I just really like all the visuals? I mean, I guess I did because it's all I did from like sun up to sundown. I felt that way about punk rock. I felt that way about rap music. So visual. There was an identity, you know. So, yeah, man, oh, I just man. really relate to that. You just you just encapsulated my entire youth. Like um, I would have a boombox on the driveway while I skateboarded. And it was always a mix of like run DMC, sex pistols and ministry. Yep. Like it was yeah. like, you know, genre, no genre was sacred as long as it was visceral and it was loud. Like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because I think back and I'm like, I, even to this day, I mean, it's funny. I like such different things. Like, you know, I'll put on a public enemy record and then I'll listen to Elton John right after. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, you know, I really love like Nils Fromm or I'm really into Prince. Doesn't, doesn't matter the genre. Does it hit? Do I feel it? Is there something in it that like, you know, moves me? Uh, yeah. Even like Sex Pistols, like people talk so much shit about them. They were amazing, dude. I mean, uh, Malcolm McLaren. I mean, the whole thing was yeah. insane. It, it is incites emotion, you know, it evokes something in you. And like, that's a, that's a powerful commodity to play with. And these, yeah, to your point, regardless of genre, um, some things just bring it out. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So then you got into graphic design websites. I mean, you know, I think too, we all have to make a living. Right. And uh... yeah. It was, a, I got into it. Um, I actually got into it through illustration though. Um, I was right out of high school, <clears throat> hadn't started any kind of college yet. Um, I got a job as a digital illustrator at a clip art company, um, just a few miles from my house, um, working like second shift after, you know, after I worked at McDonald's or whatever all day. And so I would basically draw all night, um, using Adobe Illustrator, you know, uh, version. Yeah. It was Adobe Illustrator 88. So I think this was probably like 95, 96. Um, I didn't, you know, they taught me how to turn on a Mac. They taught me how to use a mouse. They taught me how to, they taught me how to draw digitally. It was, it was incredible training. <clears throat> and I did that for years. And then they needed a website. The company didn't have a website yet. Um, and they, looked at me i was young they pushed an html book in front of me and said instead of drawing tonight you're going to learn how to code i was like okay and you know one thing led to another and away we went that's insane i dude at, at that point i mean i graduated high school i'm going to date myself too i graduated in 95 mm. to i didn't know what any of that stuff was i i was so clueless. i mean i also you know it's pretty directionless at that point. What <laughs> wasn't doing a whole lot, but man, I love that. I love hearing that. And you know, I'm just now learning HTML. It's oh, wow. so fascinating. So fascinating. <clears throat> it's I, a good I, skill I, to have. You know, it's a good skill to have. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, am I actually going to do anything? I don't know. I started doing a little like JavaScript to get into like P5JS. You know, maybe mm -hmm. mess around with that, but. I love that, man. And I love that you just kind of like learned, learned on the go. It's like, well, I think that's the, um, I think curiosity is the key to all of this, right? Like if you have a curious yeah. mind and, um, you can find something of interest in all things, um, you know, any, you can find, there's a lot more opportunity in the world for you when you can yeah. do that. And that's, you know, 
not to, I don't like to drag out titles and stuff, but when I left the creative industry, I'd held the title of a chief creative officer at a, uh, at a national agency. Um, and then my final role was executive creative director at PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is a big four consulting firm. Like I, I sought out opportunity in, in marketing and consulting and pursued it to, you know, the nth degree. Cause it's, I always found something really curious about the business problem we were trying to solve or the the market we were approaching or new challenges that were presented to us like you know it, it just takes you to places you never thought you'd go yeah so how did like your you know we're talking about like skateboarding and like punk rock and it's like then you think well then i got into this like you know uh ad world or whatever i think there's still you know obviously there's still creativity in it. So how did you kind of like, I understand, you know, like the problem solving and the interest Mm -hmm. in that and, you know, and solutions, but were you like, what am I trying to say? You know, you go from like being like, let's say perhaps like very free flowing. Like if you want to just like draw skulls all day, it's like you just draw skulls all day. But like when you go and you work for, for someone, right. There's like a, Mm -hmm. a direction and there's like a mandate. And you yeah. got to fulfill that, right? Yeah. So, you know, you found that stimulating, I guess you could say. Uh, stimulating in a of, couple of, of ways. Of, of interest, too. Well, yeah, because I think at the end of the day, whether you're selling Oreos or trying to communicate a state that you arrive at through meditation, like you're, you're trying to show something, you're trying to communicate something. Um, and the best way to understand how to communicate it is to question and interrogate the shit out of it to get it down to its very core and then find that seed and, you know, fertilize it the right way to make it grow into something that other people understand. Um, and you can use things like cultural relevance, market testing, you know, any kind of metrics, whatever you want to help shed light on that thing. So it grows in the right direction, but that at the very kernel of that is questioning everything. Always question what you're doing, what it is, why you're solving it. That's why punk rock is punk rock. That's why hip hop is hip hop. That's why art is art. Like that curiosity um, has to be put in action. And the best way to put curiosity into action is to question things. So, yeah. So oftentimes when I sit down each morning, now that I have the freedom to kind of draw create or destroy whatever it is that I kind of want each day I kind of think about that a little bit like you know uh, yeah what is it that uh, what is it that I'm curious about today and where's my energy how do I put my energy towards that yeah and do you feel like there's a through line well I mean obviously aesthetically I mean there's you you have a very distinct style I mean as soon as I see it it, it you know it really grabs my attention initially. And then I, you know, I dug in a little more and I also want to get into the fact that like you went, let's say full time into your own artwork. What? Like November of 21. Is that right? Around Mm -hmm. that time? Yes, sir. So uh, how was that transition? I mean, it's a huge, that's a huge jump. Um, It is. I feel like I came full circle. Um, uh, I kind of got I followed opportunity and ambition and, um, you know, career goals, uh, to the point where I kind of popped out of the top of the funnel 
like, and I'm not, you know, not saying that like a braggadocious way, but I, that's really what I feel like. I just kept running so far forward that at a certain point, um, I just kind of came out of the top of it. Like once you're a chief creative officer and you can have the ability to do some of those things and you have that responsibility, you can build teams and you could shape culture and direct where your business is going and you lose interest in that, um, there's a, there's not a lot more you can do in, in sure you can go work for another company, but in six months you'll be bored there too. And so I kind of reached the end of my rope there and, and it wasn't holding my interest. The, re, the paychecks were great. The security is great. But, you know, after a career of doing that stuff, you know, you know that you can kind of survive for a little bit um, without a paycheck. You know, you've kind of invested properly and, you know, saved. And, and so when, it, when I kind of reached the, the end of that and no longer wanted to answer the questions in which I was being asked to solve for, um, it gave me a few, a little bit of time to, to think about what is it that I want to do? You know, if I'm not chasing somebody else's questions anymore, because I've lost interest in them. What questions do I want to, am I, you know, sorry, what do I want to do now? And I took some time to think about that. And I've drawing has always been the thing that's been the constant in my life. You know, uh, I sleep, I breathe, I draw like, and it sounds silly, but like, no matter how busy I got at work or, you know, how many projects I, other hobbies I had, or, you know, with, with the kids coming along and buying a home and all the things that come with being an adult, drawing still occupied a large percentage of my time. Um, I would do it. I would do it in meetings. I would do it while, uh, you know, rearing my children. I would do it at all times. I was always drawn. And so that's what I decided. I wanted to, these are the questions I want to, you know, spend time answering now through drawing is, you know, when I can reach a state of, um, I try to put myself into a state of complete calm because it's the opposite of what the marketing and advertising and consulting world was. You know, the 80, 90 hour weeks, the four cities in one, one week, the constant travel, the missed birthdays, the, all the stress that comes with that. Um, I now pursue the opposite of that. I pursue a state of as, as much tranquility and peace of mind and mindfulness that I can because uh, I feel like I've missed a lot of that. Um, and, and my drawings tend to, to try to articulate that feeling. Sometimes it's in the level of detail and, you know, I draw things that look like they're glass, which is not just something you whip out. Um, it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience and a lot of just, you know, uh, being in the moment and, and, and not being afraid to throw it all away and start again so that you could do it better, make it clearer. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I answered the question directly, but essentially um, I try to find a really clear peace of mind now and, or, you know, that comes through in, in what I create and the questions I try to solve with my art. Amazing. And, and when you started to feel that kind of pull or let's say, you know, um, the, the, you know, yeah, that, that wasn't really the calling anymore so much, you know, being in the, in uh, the ad industry, I'll just say, what was that process like of accepting and being like, you know what, I got to go pursue this other thing. I, I, I like need to do it. It was violent. 
Mm. And you kind of touched on meditation earlier. So if you, if that's something too, it's, I know for me, it's uh, medit- part of my, my practice yeah. in my life. Um, meditation was never a part of my practice in my life until just a few years ago. Um, uh, I say it was violent because in a lot of ways it was, um, with any career, you know, you invest decades of, um, into it and your ego is very involved in that career. You know, when you meet somebody, the couple questions are, you know, uh, where do you live and what do you do for a living? Um, it's next to your name. It's, you know, something that people really identify you by. Um, and so to let go of that, you know, I'm a very prideful person like most of us, you know, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the titles. I enjoyed changing business. I enjoyed seeing, um, uh, you know, the validation that comes with making smart choices and then acting on them, you know, that, that you feel pretty good when things work your way, um, to let go of that and say, uh, I guess I'll draw skulls now. Um, you know, no logical, nobody does that logically. It, It doesn't make any sense. Um, and it was violent in that I didn't want to let go. I really didn't want to let go of those things, but, um, in my heart of hearts, uh, I already had. It's just my mind and the rest of me hadn't caught up yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I, I find like just in my own life that I struggle and I have these two sides and they, they vary. You know, one is like the really, for me, it's like this, this is the one that makes sense. It's a bit safer or it's more secure or um, and, and especially the like, dude, when you touch on the ego there, are you kidding me? My whole life, like, well, you know, I'm a fashion photographer, right? You know, that's, oh, you know, that's who I, oh, oh I'm Stosh May. I'm a fashion photographer. How are you? Oh yeah. What do you do? Sorry. Hi. What do you do? Dude, bang, bang, bang. That's it. It's like the ego thing. And I, I constantly question, I say to myself like, dude, is this your ego or do you genuinely want to do this? You know, mm-hmm. what, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Um, <laughs> what's making the decision for you? And I'm sure it's a bit of both all the time. Right. But yeah, I don't know, man. Gosh, it's just, the ego, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely prideful, uh, extremely prideful. Yeah, I don't know. That just, I just could not agree more. Well, I think to be a creative, you have to, you have to have a really, well, let me say it this way. To be a creative that produces things they put out in the world for other people to see um, and to, to hang the label of art on it to boot is an extremely prideful thing. Like there's a confidence that someone has to have to say, I thought this thing, I made this thing, I think this thing means something to you too, um, so much so that I'm going to ask you to look at it in a non-objective way and just let it have an effect on you. Like that's pretty fucking prideful. Like you got to really believe in yourself to do that, Um, whether you know it or not. There's a lot of like confidence that comes in that. So, yeah, I think every artist thinks of the best in the world at the thing that they do. Um, and if they don't, they want to be. And that's what makes tries to make them better, you know, keeps yeah. them pushing. Yeah. yeah, we are presupposing a lot, right? I'm, uh, I'm telling you that this picture I took or this thing that I painted, like, is going to evoke some emotion from you or it's going to do something, right? Some, there's going to be a reaction, 
you know, yeah. for, for better or for worse. Um, yeah, it's, man, I could just sit and like ponder that for hours. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's really. It, it, this, okay, hold, holy shit, hold up. This is why I draw all day is like the pondering of that for hours is something that I never allowed myself to do because I was pondering how does Pfizer get clinical trials done faster? I was pondering how do I sell more Mazda this, like 1% more Mazdas this year, but not more than 3% more Mazdas this year. Like instead of thinking about those things, I got to think about, you know, human condition. <laughs> I got to think about what's important for all of us and, and what's the role of art in that and what's the level of responsibility that comes with, you know, acting on that strategy and insight. Like if, if you have the power to evoke an emotion in someone, you better be fucking mindful of what that is you're stirring up, or at least you should be. Hmm. Yeah. So how do you think that your style and, you know, like I said, it's very recognizable. How did you, how did you come about that? And what's the, like, in glass, there's so many, could be can be looked at so many ways, you know, or like metaphors or, you know, uh, ideas behind it and seeing through it, seeing the insides of things. And just like I said earlier about that moon bird you did, um, the glass apes, inside ape, like yeah. skull. Is that cool? um, uh, well, uh, so I draw a lot of cars or I used to draw a lot more cars. Um, I'm a car guy. I restore cars. I grew up in a car family, you know, like the first photos of me are like, I'm at the hospital and the next ones are, I'm at a car show. Like literally my fucking dad drug me to a car show when I was no years old. Amazing. Um, so I just grew up around Corvettes and, you know, deep dish wheels and hot rods and monster trucks. And so that's what I, you know, started to draw as a kid. And, um, there's a lot of chrome on these cars and there's a lot of shiny paint. And as I began to build lowriders as a teenager, I built cars with hydraulics and, you know, I was always that guy in the parking lot of high school. I had the flashy car. Um, you know, I just really love shiny shit. And so one day I was working on uh, an ape. It was the first ape, uh, board ape yacht club, like derivative I'd done for my friend Mitch. Um, he asked me to do it and I said, I'd do it. And I never got around to it. And then one Sunday morning I was like, ah, fuck, I'll work on this. And I was going to give it like a candy blue paint job. I was like, ah, just make it look cool, you know, whatever. And I turned off one of the layers, one of the color layers. And so it was just like the highlights and shadows. And all of a sudden, like I could see the background through this ape. I was like, holy shit, I just make this thing glass. Like that's going to save me a lot of time actually. <laughs> um and i haven't stopped drawing that way since it's just been this uh incredible it's as much a surprise to me that this is what i'm doing as it is anyone else that, that's amazing i mean it's number one it's just kind of a happy accident in some ways right like you just tried something turned the layer off boom 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 and then it becomes something that you continue to do i think also that and then kind of accepting it and seeing seeing it for what it is and carrying that through i find there are oftentimes in my own work where i 
divert. Then I'm like, oh, now this, now this, now this, now this. And I think it's amazing when you can, you know, your subjects are are different and and, and varying, but the style is the same, man. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I I feel like when I look through your work, I'm like, yep, that's that's him. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think the more you try to control something, you're you're uh, you got to be open to the freedom. But the more you try to control something, typically the things you're trying to control it with are either economically driven, like I need to spend more time on this or less time on this because I think it's this much, I'm going to get this much money for it or somebody's paying me for this much time. So that's how I'm supposed to think about it. Like that's one restriction sometimes we put on the work. And then the other is cultural or like relevance. And you always look at that through, you know, is the culture going to think this is cool? What have other artists done? Who's going to like this? Will this collector like it? I hope I hope Twitter accepts this. And those and when you combine those two fucking things, you end up with shit in the middle. You end up with stuff that um, was done too quickly, that wasn't thought out, that plays to the tropes, and is just mediocre because you put it in the middle of a bunch of stuff. But when you just say, and I, I know it sounds fucking silly coming from me who, you know, I'm drawing glass board apes, like how more, you know, culture can you get? But, you know, the style itself, you know, I'm always open to interpreting it in new ways and, and, and just letting the accidents happen and then deciding which ones to keep, you know, you just kind of, you know, light your own way, if you will, and just follow the accidents and keep falling forward. And how do you do that with, you know, I do find it very difficult. The more I look at social media, Twitter or whoever's like seems to be selling work or their work is on super rare or whatever the platform is. I'm like, should I be doing that now? Like, am I missing something? Do I not? You know, and I think the more I do that, the less successful personally I am. I'm not sticking to what it is that I do. Right. And it's like, I have to kind of put the blinders on. I think like I don't remember if it was like Jimmy Iovine in that um, documentary about him and Dre when they did like Apple Music and Beats and all that stuff, whatever. It was on HBO documentary. And he was like, you know, basically he's like, you'll put the blinders on, do your work. Like go push forward, you know? And I think, yeah, man, I look around, I'm like, am I supposed to do glitch art now? Am I supposed to be taking pictures of, I don't know, man. I don't know, you know, cars. Am I supposed to be doing generative art now my god like, you know and it's like dude what do you what are you trying to get rich quick like what's the deal what do you think you're gonna hop on right now like what what wave is this you know is this true to who you are and i think you know there's something in that but also you know obviously i want to grow and i want to continue you know to make work and sometimes i like to do video and sometimes i paint and some you know and i think that's cool um but yeah how do i avoid and how, how do you avoid letting all of these voices the no, you know there's so much noise you know how, how, how do you best deal with that um well i think uh as a curious person like we were kind of talking about curiosity a minute ago um you know one of my jobs is just to stay as curious like childlike curious as possible so that i can see these new things um and just be open to them as they come up like I feel for you. I'm exact same boat where um, when you open yourself up to all possibilities, um, you, you see other people being successful at certain things. Your mind goes there very quickly. Um, um, you know, how, how might I do that as well? 
Um, and maybe it's not because you're so curious about um, achieving the success, but just the thing itself, like, you know, whether it's glitch art or pixel art or, you know, glass stuff, whatever it is, um, you know, maybe that's really what's piquing your curiosity and you're just being kind of open to it. Um, yeah. And you're trying to decide what's viable based on, you know, financial success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do like to like, you know, even when I look at your, your work, I'm like, well, how's he doing that? What programs is he using? What's the, the you know, even like still trying to like work on shading for me, you know, or like the, the bright spot, you know, just all of it. I'm like, oh, well, how's he doing that? What's uh, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm a lifelong student. No doubt about that. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of try to turn it off as much as I can tactically. Um, every once in a while, I ask myself, am, am I an artist on Twitter or a Twitter that makes art? Like, you know, am I, am I spending too much time focused on marketing and social media? Um, you know, if I find myself, if I'm drawing and let's say I've been drawing for a couple hours and all of a sudden I find myself looking at my phone every 20, 30 minutes, I stop drawing because it's like, mm. well, this is stupid. Like, if you really want to be on Twitter right now, Brian, then, okay, you know, do that. Just be on Twitter until you can't look at it anymore, which is, you know, sometimes five minutes, sometimes two fucking hours. Yeah. But but when you, you're like, I have to put this down now, well, guess what? I come right back here and draw my fucking ass off. Um, so, yeah, it's not a good answer to your question, but you got to lean into it when you feel like you need to lean into it. But it's really easy to just spend too much time looking at other people's stuff. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, the like marketing of this, you know, I think as artists, mm. such a huge part of it is marketing. And I think too, like getting to the Twitter or whatever uh, platform you're using, it's like, man, can I go on there? Not just market myself, but like be part of this community in a positive way, you know, contribute to it and dip and not sit there all day. Like, well, maybe I want to look up like what Nike's just released and maybe, um, well, what happened in, uh, Paris the other day? What is the dude? Shut up. Like, yo, get back <laughs> to doing the work. Just go on there, do what you had to do, check in, you know, make it worthwhile and then get off. I mean, sometimes I sit there and it's like Twitter on the Instagram and then email and then tech. I'm just like, bro, weren't you just like, like trying to buy a pair of socks? Like what happened? Yeah, it's like you're doing laps. Like the I have like a yeah. three app shuffle, right? Like I'll do, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. Or some days I'm like, today's a Reddit day, and I'll just like yes. wormhole between Twitter and Reddit. Um, and that's good, you know. You can't you can't have a pen in your hand or a camera in your hand at all times. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It is, yeah. It's I mean because it is part of the game now, you know. But um, I'd say it is the game. Like, unfortunately, yeah. You know, nobody likes to say this, but like, it's, it's often not about the art in this current um, environment. Um, so, attention, attention is the commodity, and that's yes, it gets tiresome. I can't. I mean, I won't name names, but you know, I do get to have some really great conversations with people that I. I worship their work and their work ethic and I feel blessed to call them friends that, you know, we just literally call them and say hi. 
And you get into some really interesting conversations, you know, I think it, it has nothing to do with success, but rather what it means to be an artist and, and trying to ever increasingly spread the work that you do and ever increasingly, um, you know, make the work better. That comes with so much, um, you know, there's a lot behind that, that doesn't get shared on Twitter. You know, that's not the brand that people put out. But the, the tax that it can toll it can, can take on an artist is, you know, to go out and market a project and sell it out and then, which is great, which is what the market wants, but then to build, you know, support the community afterwards and to, to keep them stoked and excited and believing in, in, in what they've spent money on. And as an artist, you are a giver. Like that's your job is to create things for people. Like, and so these are people that have voted for you in a way. These are people that said they, we like your work. Um, you just want to keep giving to those people because um, they've given you so much. They've given you the ability to focus on your craft or your message, your art or whatever it is. You want to give them more. And that is a drawdown. Like that, you know, that takes a lot out of you over the course of a, a long period of time. And then still trying to, market new projects and market new things and develop new ideas. It's a lot. Yeah. I think, you know, I know for a while, maybe it was like a under a year ago, but everybody, you know, was talking about like art and art NFTs and they were like, the art is the utility. Right. And I definitely think for our projects, but I, you know, I'm in some discords like we all are and people are just, you know, if, if the, if the floor price is down, everybody's pissed and, you know, and it's just, it can be a real toxic cesspool, you know, in, in whatever. And I think it's really, I think it's an unsustainable um, environment that we're in right now, you know, and I think it'll shake out. And I, listen, I'm very, I'm still, I'm still, you know, quite interested in NFTs. I'm very interested in the art aspect of it, utility NFT, the whole thing, right? Web3, I think this is brilliant. And also, dude, I, I would have never talked to you. I would have never ever right? spoken to other people. My, the community that I built out of this, though, for all the like, oh, you know, number go up, blah, blah. Dude, there are just such amazing people here. This is so sick. You know, I'm in Brooklyn. You're in Chicago. You, you make art. I was really into it. I wanted to talk to you. Fuck, are you kidding me? It's just like, Dude, it's, just, it's amazing. It's, I love it so much. Like, you know, when I was working in corporate, my friends were my coworkers because that's who I, they were like my family. It's who I spent all my time with. My clients were like my friends. Um, it, it was a great ecosystem. But I, but here, um, you know, when I log into Twitter each morning or, you know, pop into my Discord to say GM, it's, it reminds me of when I would walk into the office and say hi to everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, never th I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take, uh, and I'll have lunch with people now like this, like I'll get yeah. on, we won't, we won't have cameras on cause I don't need to see you eat lasagna or whatever the fuck, but yeah. like, yeah. you know, to share lunch with somebody like you would do at the office or at a court client site, like you can do all those things now. Um, it's just, it's, yeah. I feel like I work with everybody in web three, like we're all in the same office hanging out. Yeah. What, so what got you into Web3? Um, I was, uh, like I said, while I was working, I was still drawing all the time. And um, I had 
picked up the iPad and been drawing on the iPad for a few years because it was portable and I could take it, you know, on the plane and draw whatever. Um, and I would just do it for Instagram likes, you know, mm. just for the likes. And um, I was, somebody sent me an invite to Clubhouse. I didn't know anything about NFTs. I didn't join because of NFTs. I was just like, oh, it's a new social media thing. At the time I was, you know, doing some social media strategy for a client and I was like, yeah, check out this new app. What the fuck? And I saw a couple artist names that I recognized that you could add as friends or whatever. And they were talking, I went in this room, I was, I was blown away. Like, here are two artists' names who I've known. They're having a conversation and I'm listening to it. Like, what the fuck is this? Um, and we're talking about NFTs. And so I just did a little research and minted a piece. And um, I remember... I minted it on uh, Rarible, I think. And then a buddy hit me up and like, you can't do Rarible. You need to do foundation. So he sent me a foundation invite and mm. minted a piece there. And as a gift, I sent him my Genesis piece on Rarible. And then like a day later, somebody paid like $500 for that picture. And I was like, Sick. what the fuck is this? Um, I just made $500 for a thing that I drew like a year ago and I have an iPad full of this stuff. Like who are uh -huh. these people? What is this? After that, you couldn't, I mean, you, you don't put the lid on that, you know? Yeah. So you had a wallet and everything by that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I got into crypto. Um, oh gosh. I'm trying to remember the exact year earlier. 2015? Oh, wow, yeah. 2016? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom was a investment broker uh, for a short period of time. Uh, that woman inspired the shit out of me in many ways. But one of the things she did was uh, she taught me to set up a, her retirement plan and, and think about that. When I was 16 years old, I had a retirement plan started. Thanks wow. To her. Brilliant. So I've always thought about, you know, real estate and... Um, you know, you know, how I think about the, you know, keeping a presence in the markets. Um, and so crypto was just part of my plan, if you will, you know, it was like, well, I'm going to get into this because it, it, um, it might be something. Um, and I actually parked, uh, I had a bunch of Litecoin. I had some Bitcoin at some point and I had a bunch of crap, you know, really garbage tokens back then too. And I just consolidated everything into ETH put it, you know, stuck it in one wallet and forgot about it until honestly, until I needed to start doing NFTs, like dusted off the fucking keys to that wallet. It's like, Whoa. Okay. Like, yeah, here we go. Not start. Yeah. We're not starting with a blank slate here either. Like, nice. You know, it was pretty, if you're open to opportunities, when they present themselves, you may not know where they lead, but if you're open to it and say, well, let's see what happens, hedge your bets. You might come back to that thing that you, you know, a few years later and it's, it's a whole new world for you. Yeah, man. I, I think like you, you said so much, talked about so much, but like we take anything from it. I think it's like, be from this conversation, be open. You just don't know what's going to happen. And I had a friend, somebody had told him a long time ago, he's like, man, you're walking around and opportunities just smacking you in the chest, but your head's down and you can't see it. And I, you know, a lot of times in my life, that's how I operate. I'm like, no, 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 no. You could, I says, if you were like, Stash, 
come to my house. I will give you $5 million. You have to be here tomorrow at 5 a.m. I'd be like, Brian, do you think we could call it 10 a.m. and I'll meet you uh, at the diner? Is that cool? Five, five is difficult for me. I have to go to sleep then. I'm going to be really stressed out about how much I sleep. I'm going to buy- Dude, I, I like, you could offer me the opportunity of a lifetime. You could just hand it to me and I'd be like, bro, I don't know. Like, why are you giving this to me? I, you know, something, uh, yeah, something I'm working on. Yeah. Um, well, but, you know, at the same time, you might have avoided some real landmines. True. Yes. I think that there is something to being, you know, a bit discerning. I think the issue perhaps is the, my initial response is always no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm good. And then I'm like, hold on. What did you just say? What, what were you offering? What's a, you know. But don't you think that, so, I know, I think you're trying to wrap it and I, I think we're in a good spot no, to do no, it. No. But I, I think you're really onto something though, because if you think of your curious mind, your mind is always, like you said, you're always looking at other people's work, other things, and we all do it as artists. And and just, you know, should I open myself up to doing glitch art? Should I open myself up to minting on that platform or that chain that I haven't before? Um, you know, your mind is curious in that way, but you're also being very, like, no. So, like, maybe it's good that you have a nice wall, a nice wall of no, of, like, this is my protected zone. Because, you know, you're always scouting the horizon for opportunities and you're just discerning all the, all those opportunities you're seeing, you're just discerning very quickly. That's not for me. Um, so maybe it's not, maybe it's not the worst thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure there's some like pluses and minuses in there. I do think too, that it's important right now. There's so much, you know, like I started messing around with like procreate and making some work here and there. Man, the tools that we have today are just so exceptional and it's so much fun. And even crypto, you know, like I was always, well, I didn't have any money to invest. Um, but I had a friend, Mike Elf, uh, another. Oh, Mike. I love Mike. Mike's work. Yeah. yeah. He's a dude, just number one, one of the best people I've ever met. Just one of my favorite people ever. I just, I, I love him so much. I love his work. I love the, his just, you know, ethos behind the work, all of it. And, uh, you know, he's been just a huge, huge inspiration for me um, in the space. He's the one that kind of got me into crypto. He's the one that got me into NFTs. Uh, he's just been so helpful. Um, shit, what was the point? Yeah, love Mike Elf. Uh, no, but I think, you know, he he was making work and, you know, we, t- we talk about making work all the time. And, you know, um, I don't know, it's, it's out there. And I think sometimes... I am curious and I'm interested in learning about stuff. And I think it's important to like, mm-hmm. to try things, you know, like I'm taking an illustrator class this, this uh, semester. Um, I started getting into design. I want to know about, you know, it was just like when I was a kid and I would, like I said, I would look, look at album covers and I'd be like, literally, I'd be like, how do they roll their jeans? Hold on, wh- what's that tie that that guy's wearing? Like, what is the thing? How do they do that? How are they making that? Even now, like I'll listen to things and I'll be like, is that a synthesizer? Is that the bass? Did they, how did they play that bass? Did they loop that? Is that this? You know, I just want to know. And it doesn't mean that I have to pursue all of it. But um, yeah, I do think it's, I don't know, it's just cool to, 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 to learn new things. And mm-hmm. I think in this world, you know, um, yeah, crypto and just all of it, man, it's just so, I'm so fascinated by it. I'm a little nervous, you know, about it, uh, of course. But um, 
dude, there's, it, it's just opened so much up for us, you know, creatively, I think. And, um, yeah, I just think it's to stay. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. A, I mean, just how fast everything moves too, you know, again, like I get caught up in Twitter and discord and all that. And I got to step back and be like, hold on, man. But I will say again, like, you know, I went to, to Art Basel, hung out with some people down there. The IRL stuff too has been so big for me. Like getting mm-hmm. to sit with people, meet them and talk to them about stuff because I love tech. I love culture. I love art. And we just like sit around and talk about it. And it's just like, man, I'm just so fascinated by it and so in love with it. And I, I love just sitting around talking to people about this stuff and, uh, you know, people from all over, you know, people I would have never, I would have not been friends with. I would have never met. We would have never mixed, mm-hmm. you know, we all sit around and talk about it, but we meet up at these things or they're in the can spaces, Twitter spaces. Can yeah. I ask you, um, what do you think that, so we're talking about web three, we're talking about NFTs, we're talking about um, people with kind of a shared mindset and in curiosity, right? This thing is both financial and technical and cultural. Like it, 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 it gets all the feels, like it touches all the things that we, we hold value in as a um, in this current epoch. Like, what do you think that thing is in the center of all of it? Can you put your finger on it? Um, no. I mean, my first instinct is like, it's just evolutionary. We, we have a digital existence, right? And we curate, in my opinion, our digital personas, personalities, lives, much more than we curate our like, uh, IRL lives, I think, you know, Mm. curating. Like I show up to work, right? And I kind of just put like the same, I wear like the same uniform all the time. I got the same pair of pants. I have like, they're in two colors. I got a couple pairs of Dickies. I just, I'm rolling around on the ground, taking pictures, whatever it is, right? It's kind of the thing. Cool. And I'm curating that. But our online personas, and I think our online existence and lives is just increasing exponentially. And I think that this art and tech and it coming together in Web3 and NFTs you know, the idea of the metaverse, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yo, I think we are years away from like all just being in the thing. We are already in the thing. Right. I am speaking yeah. to you digitally and this is a digital representation of me and this is a digital representation of my voice and yours. And then I have the phone. Yeah, I'm in the metaverse. Yep, we all are. But I just think like digitally what we're doing is just increasing constantly and this is like the perfect vehicle for it. And the blockchain and art and provenance um, and the people that it's uh, that it's inspiring and kind of bringing in the tech people and the art people and the finance people, um, the degens, you know, they're just like gamblers, <laughs> the poker players. Right. I don't know, man. Pick your poison. It's like all here. Right. It just seems like a na- the natural progression, I guess. But people are not into it also. People definitely it's, think I'm yeah. making some poor choices. Well, it's and weird I have. too. Like, well, I mean, it's kind of cost of entry. It's 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 yes, the it ticket is, man. price. I'm paying. Like, I'm paying for t- my education. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to my my dad. Uh, he's older, uh, much older, um, and he tried to dabble in crypto a little bit ago, and it didn't go so well. So he kind of pulled out. 
And he's like, well, I want to learn more about these NFT things. And, um, and I mentioned how people are farming tokens on Blur and like the, the tokenomics of, of some of these mechanisms now and how it's turned, you know, something that had a lot of cultural relevance now into kind of like a shit coin and, yeah. um, and kind of explaining this to him. And, and after my five minute diatribe, he's like, okay, so where do I buy one? And I was like, oh, fuck, like, don't like you can't <laughs> you don't do not come in to the park. Like I just explained some of the rides and told you there's yeah. some cheerleaders over there and there's concession stand. I'll bring you back a hat, but you can't yeah, come yeah. in because way yeah. too fucking dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. I mean, it's like, dude, the onboarding is intense, you know, yeah. let alone the like clicking a bad link or. You know, I mean, pick, pick, pick like the poison that's like uh-huh. going to wreck you, you know, it's, it's almost, it's almost too dangerous now. Like, I hate to say it like that, but it's almost, unless you're, you have to really come in the kiddie pool. Like, yeah, yeah you know, um, yeah. if you came in swinging thinking you're going to buy like, you know, a Mizuki or, or, you know, a board ape or something like you better have some consultants sitting around you because you're, yeah. you're going to get jerked around. Yeah. I, that's why I do think like number, well, a couple of thoughts on this. I think things like Polygon and custodial wallets, like I know everybody wants, not everybody, but decentralization is such a big thing, but do people want to feel protected? They don't want to deal with the tech of it all. I, I always think about like email Bro, I don't know how the email works. I don't know what an HTTP or I don't know any of the things, these acronyms. I don't know any of that stuff. I just know that I put your email address in. I sent you the link. You showed up today. Fantastic. That's like, you know, and I think that most people besides us, like in this space, they don't care. They don't care about the tech. It's like, unless they have to use it for their job or to like make things better, you know, they just want to buy the cartoon JPEG, right? And they want to flip it and make money and they want to get rich. I also don't think, you know, I'm not a baseball card collector. I dabbled as a kid or whatever, you know, da 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 da. But like talking about mass adoption, mass adoption of the tech is one thing. Mass adoption of digital collectibles is another thing. And I don't think everybody gives a shit about collecting uh, digital assets. Or digital art, you know? I was like talking to a friend earlier about it and like digital art's been around for a long time, decades, right? We now though have the blockchain and there's like the kind of like use case for it or, or, you know, like avenues for the, uh, you know, outlets and that sort of thing. But not everybody's going to care about it. Not everybody cares about art. So I don't know if it's actually about, I guess the tech is about mass adoption, but like, is it about mass adoption for PFPs or like, you know, uh, art. Mm, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the, is that the goal? I don't know. You know, well, I don't know. Yeah. Does everything have to be for everybody? I understand that. Like we need to bring new people in. Yeah. I don't, I kind of feel like we're all the lab rats, you know? Yes. I feel like there's this, this new, this new thing we need to test it out on some people so let's uh <laughs> here you are yeah we are the test yeah. subjects of this new experiment and that's exciting like if you know that it costs a ticket to ride um but 
you know, hopefully we go some places that, that those that aren't on it, you know, uh, hope to get to, too. Like, you know, happy to be here. I'm part of, you know, curious mind. All the, yeah. the thing that kept motivating me in corporate America was ever increasing challenges with, you know, from a business standpoint and technical standpoint, like the last things I was working on was we were using machine learning and artificial intelligence for a large pharma company to uh, build correlations for clinical trials so that they could get drugs, safer drugs into market faster um, and have better, better data around it. You know, paradigm shifting, changing how pharma works. And, and how research and, and, and funding can operate inside that. The goal of, in theory, making people better, but also, you know, making them more money. Like, that's some complex, sh- you don't just, you know, you don't just walk off of college, you know, walk out of college and jump into that. Like, you just get always increasingly more difficult challenges and nuance to it. And I, I think that's what Web3 represents to me is like, it's, it's, ever increasingly more challenging. There's always more to learn. There's a new problem every couple of weeks. And I get to spend a lot of time creating things that exist in its environment and, you know, maybe contribute something to the conversation. Um, and if I can earn a living in doing that, a modest living, like I made a good living in, in consulting. Like it was, I got, I'll, I got some old cars. I live in a nice house. Like, you know, I'm not rich, but like I check the mid middle middle class boxes. Um, I took a huge like a seventy five percent pay cut to draw yeah. now, but I'm engaged all day every day. I love I love how this space changes, and my curiosity is being fulfilled. And I think there's something here. Like there's a future here. This might not be it. We may not you know have the penultimate. Um, experience in Web3 yet, but like, I, I want to be part of driving towards it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get, I, you know, yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here, I guess, right? It's, I don't know, man, I was just so fascinated by it. I'm still fascinated by it. I'm still inspired by it. Oh, so I think it's, uh, this is my son, Levi, by the way. Oh. The Levi. Guest star. <laughs> yeah. Do you need your internet turned on? No. Okay. You just tell me you're here? Here's this. What's this? My son just handed me $20 and asked me to talk to his mother, so I have questions. Oh. <laughs> well, then, you know what? Maybe that's a good place for us to uh, mm. to, st- <laughs> to stop. <laughs> 20 bucks, though, man. Yeah, go get dinner. I'm guessing that's what it's for. I'm probably in charge of getting burgers or something. Uh, yes, there you go. I might do that myself tonight, actually. Burger sounds amazing. Yeah, well, hey, don't let this be the last time we, we no. talk. I really enjoyed our conversation. Dude, me too. I could just like go and go and like go on tangents forever. So next time I'll, I'll like nail down one thing and we'll just, you know, go for it. Um, so, Brian, give us your um, your social uh, uh, addresses. Uh, yeah, I am. Buckle up. Uh, on Twitter, I am 000000. Is my handle, and on Instagram, on the odd chance that people still use that in in a couple of weeks, it's underscore Brian Morris underscore. And then drop us uh, NFT yearbook on Super Rare, right? That's uh, twenty four yeah. hour uh, auctions going on now. 
Yeah, somebody just kicked it off this morning. One of my one of my uh, a collector that I know and love kicked off that auction this morning. Um, really excited to be part of the NFT yearbook. It was an honor to be asked. Um, and so when they offered the opportunity to do a cover, a one of one cover for it, I jumped on it. And then they told me it was going to be on Super Rare, and I was like, "Let's fucking go!" Um, so yeah, that auction's happening right now. Amazing. And the title of that's Kings, correct? Kings. It is actually fitting enough. Um, a it's kind of a commentary on the NFT space. Um, right. The image features this weird blobby character um, that you can see through, and he's got kind of an odd look on his face. He's glancing over to his left, where there's a smaller blob that has a king on it. Or both of them have crowns, but one's very small. Um, and that big king is looking at the small king um, kind of with a, a bit of a worry on its face. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, that's, you know, whether you got a big ape or you got a, you know, a little cheap um, NFT on Polygon or wherever the hell it is, um, you know, it, it represents something too. And, and even the smallest, you know, person like myself can feel like a king in this space. Um, standing next to, you know, folks that have billions of dollars worth of assets. Um, anyway. Brilliant. Man. Sorry, went down, I went down a wormhole there. Um, no, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I, I had such a good time talking to you. Yeah, and this definitely won't be the last time. So yeah, check Brian out on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and if you're listening to this in time, the super rare auctions going on for 24 hours. NFT yearbook, title is Kings. Brian, you're the best. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Have a great day.